welcome back to Rebel Jam. Uh, so, no, what movie are we doing today? Camp Rock. <laughs> with with my babes, the Joe Bros. Yeah, um, as your t shirt, you're wearing a Jonas Brothers t shirt. Happiness Begins t-shirt. Tour 2020. Aww. 2020? Yeah, they already finished their tour. Sad that before you went to see that tour, you'd never felt happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm Kylie Rae Jepsen. Yeah, today. Rob's wearing a Kylie Rae Jepsen t-shirt, and I'm very sad that she's not in this film. I'm looking at these characters now, and there's quite a tapestry here where they've all got very naughty's hair. <laughs> Two of them are full on emo fringes. Uh, the one on the right has those kind of curls that a lot of people have. That's Joe on the right, isn't and it? also has no, that classic, like... also oh, has that it? classic, oh, yeah, of course, open check shirt with t-shirt combo that every boy worth their salt wore in two thousand and eight. <laughs> V-neck, then... a V-neck uh, t-shirt. V-neck yeah, t-shirt, very, very Gareth Gates. Gates. And he's wearing a waist, some kind of kefir. a waistcoat shirt and scarf was also it's a kind fairly of, popular it's, combo. Yeah, I can't tell time. if it's a scarf or like a kefir, but just done not right. And, and then we have this this lead female character, Demi Lovato. Oh, is that Demi Lovato? Yeah, it's Demi Lovato. Who's got a Leah Michelle look? Who's got yeah that's severe fringe that really defined an era um, she had that fringe for a while it wasn't just for the film but I don't know anything yeah. about either this she film does look like Jones she was a reject from Glee <laughs> do, I, what do, do, what, do I need to know anything about Jonas Brothers or like just that they're a boy band were they a, was they a boy band before this or is this the Jonas uh, Brothers origin? did exist they were a Disney product yeah um, they were, were they like big as kids. were they like a you know Escal pushy Genius. parent kids band were they like kind of they, I think they I were think, just found by Disney and then turned yeah, into Yeah, they started thing. doing little gigs at their local church and stuff and like. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. the thing I know about them. They're quite religious, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. and they, they all wore well, purity they, rings and, for a while. Well, I was going to say after after this happened and they were quite famous, they had the whole like yeah the they did the, yeah they did I'm the purity gonna have sex rings. rings, which is obviously out of the window now. And because, then a lot of them removed oh, them before that. they actually got married and had yeah. relationships and things. Yeah, and it was a m- massive deal from like their parents, I think. Um, Weird. God, good little Christian yeah. boys. How, how old but, were they when this came out? I guess that helps add to their very pure and, you know, their image of, you know, you, do, yeah. you don't mind if your daughter fancies them because they're nice men, you know. <laughs> yeah. You'd rather them fancy them than you would them fancy well, Disney Zac Efron. I must say, yeah. chastity, chastity Ring has absolutely no power if it's not followed up with a Chastity Belt. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, go on, Nor. Oh, should we go first? Because I feel like just with our histories of the movie, I feel like you will have the most to say about this, so we could get out, get yeah, our yeah, yeah. out the way. To say, which is, I've heard of it, I remember it being a thing at the time, that's it, don't know anything about it at all. Well, Jake, what about you? I've seen it once, um, a long time ago, I don't remember much, I remember He's a Jerk, I'm pointing at the main singer from the... Joe Jonas. Yeah. Joe Jonas. Joe Jonas. Shane Jonas Gray in, in this. Yeah. Jeff Jonas. <laughs> um, I remember it, bit like... Joe as we've been watching decoms, it's become less, slightly less formulaic and slightly cooler, peaking with High School Musical 2, which is just actually a really good film. Um, this, from what I remember, this almost feels like a sort of revert back to the classic Disney formula oh, of like. No. They're making such good progress. I really slightly. enjoy High School Musical I see what you mean. Too. Well, the way it. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for yeah, you. Yeah, we'll just it, watch it. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> The way that it's structured, not necessarily the way the plot, the way the plot works, it, it's very much a crossover between Cadet Kelly and Cheetah Girls. The two things I don't want to see. The two things I don't want to see are 
an ineffective dad because they've been in every bloody one of these. And I think there is a I also don't want to see it's in it right at the beginning. I also yeah. don't want to see a forced calendar-based choice between two hobbies. That's not a thing in this. Good. Is there a food fight at some point in this film? Food fights are weirdly common, that. yeah. Slightly, yeah. It's not like or a just proper food like fight. Food spillages. Yeah. <laughs> Someone gets spaghetti thrown at them. That's food spillages are a thing. Just general wasted food is a is a is a. There is a, a lot of wasted theme. food in this as well, actually. Okay. Um, so Rob, what's your well, memories of this? Me and Noel were talking about this before because I was kind of acquainting myself with the soundtrack earlier today just to kind of get the vibe. And um, He thought he'd put the whole story together by the soundtrack and he's completely wrong. Because <laughs> the, the, the soundtrack isn't in yeah, order the movie. the soundtrack isn't in order of appearance in the film. It's really um, so have you not seen this? No. Well, oh. mm, well, it's a bit of a funny one. So obviously like when High School Musical was out in my uh, school, um, I was about... I think I was in year eight, so that's 2006, and I was trying to get in with, like, the biggest group of people, so, like, I just watched High School Musical a lot, and obviously came to be quite nostalgic for it, sort of by accident, really, because I was really into it, because I was in, like, music, and I was trying to hang out with everyone who was in music. But by the time this came out, I was 14, and I had a different group of friends, and I'd kind of just kind of, I'd accepted that I was never going to be in the big group of people. I was going to hang out with the nerds who hung out with no one else in the big group. So I kind of missed this. Like, I remember This Is Me being a hit, which is one of the songs from the movie. It's probably the biggest song. Is that the one where What's Her Face reveals who she actually is? Like, one of the characters has a different name, and that's when she... It's not a different name. No, no, that's oh, different. Like different. Excuse item. me, okay. these are spoilers. This is me is Demi Lovato's big song. Oh, right, okay. This is real, this is me. Oh, I actually know that. exactly who I'm supposed to be, or whatever it is. But uh, anyway... <laughs> yeah, that was, that was kind of wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, but... um, So, I, I, I kind of missed this. Like, I was aware of it, and I knew Demi Lovato was in it, and there were loads of girls I knew at the time who were obsessed with the Jonas Brothers... But I just never felt inclined to watch it. I mean, I didn't know you. And I know you're waving, but I didn't know you in 2008. <laughs> but, like, I just never... I just missed all this. And then, like, when I was living on my own about two years ago, and Noel was living with me a little bit at the time, um, and you invited a friend over to watch um, Camp Rock. Shout out to Saisha, who does listen to this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you guys have met Saisha yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and I the, remember the watching... Mario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I remember watching bits of it out the corner of my eye and kind of listening into the songs every now and again, but... You didn't watch it properly? No, not really. Um, and then I think you did it again when she stayed with us in February. You watched it a second time and I just... I was. Just... No, we did Camp Rock too. Right, the final jam. The final I jam. Did, I didn't know there was a Camp Rock 2. Yeah, yeah, the final jam. Um, I've not seen Camp Rock 2. So, yeah, yeah, so Andy, none of them die in this movie. They all make it to the second one. But, um, like, but I just, I don't know much about them, but I've come to... It's kind of strange how, like, as, as we've all kind of grown up, the Jonas Brothers have become... They've sort of entered a second era of popularity, what with, like, a new album, one of them marries a Game of Thrones star, and one of them's also married to... Brianca what's her face? Chopra. Brianca Chopra. And so you kind of look back and you go, oh, yes, loads of people I knew were obsessed with these guys. Well, they've grown up with their audience, haven't they? Yeah, a little bit. And, like, you know, they went yeah. away and did their own thing. And I mean, most of the people at and... their gigs are people my age now. Yeah, like, so, they've you know, just grown up with their fans. They kind of, like, yeah. and look at the costumes and the way that they're dressed and the type of music that's in the movie that you'll come to see. It's a bit of a relic of a time, I think. I think this is the last... This is basically the last point in history where a movie... And I'll, I'll come to this afterwards... 
I think this is the last time that music of this kind could be as successful as it was with a mass okay. audience. I think this was probably... I, th- I think if they'd have released this a couple of years later, I think it would have bombed. Mm. But I think they just released it at the right point because there's but a lot of... How do you define whether a Disney Channel film bombs? Well, this becomes... It reaches outside of it a little music bit. Music charts. Yeah, music... This is maybe reached the top 40 in the UK mm. and, like... and. The Jonas Brothers and Demi Lovato have all gone on to have careers after this, and so... Is it talked about in the playground? Well, this yeah, is one of the exactly. questions. Exactly it was. This is a question I have, <laughs> is how popular is this in comparison to... If we say High School Musical is at the top, and then, like, you know, Cowbells would be at the bottom so far, where would this fall? Is this, this more, is one of the more popular just underneath High School Musical, Yeah, I would it's say. under High School Musical, but it is up there. Because it had it's one of its songs one. charted, like it hit the top 40 in the UK, but it didn't reach the top 10. Like, well, I'm guessing, right, so it, yeah. it's called Camp Rock, so I'm guessing that the music is, I'm going to say in quote marks, supposedly rock music, and I say that because I'm expecting, from what you've said, the music type to be kind of like, uh, Kelly Clarkson type rock music. That is exactly like, what it is. It's yeah. not really rock. It's pop with guitars. Yes. yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of expecting. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so it's it's the kind of rock music that you say that Kelly Clarkson was doing that they did with the Hannah Montana soundtrack, that they did with um, Disney released these two compilation albums around this time as well. I know. Exactly. Excited for that. Girls Rock. I'm so excited for um, that. Girls Rock, and it was Girls with a Z. Yeah. And you had like. Ashley Tisdale and Ali and AJ. Oh God, yeah. And so it's and obviously I think it was also something that was picked up by um, Katy Perry around this time on her first album. Uh, one of the boys. Not her first album. Her first album was a gospel album. Katy Hudson, you're right. Weirdly yes. enough, I was yeah, going to yeah. bring this up because she's another one who had a religious upbringing and did a gospel album at first, and then very much went the other way. Wonder if she's still religious. I doubt it. Go on, no, we've kept you waiting long enough, so go on, is, yeah. tell us all about your love for this I movie. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen this movie, to be quite honest, it's, it's probably quite embarrassing. Um, <laughs> is that purely out of love for the Jonas Brothers, or is there more to it? Probably because of my love for the Jonas Brothers. Who was your, was it all three of them, or was there one that you had a... Jo- Joe's always been my fave, and he always will be my fave. Okay. He's, he's the middle one there. Right, okay. Um, I mean, the one that's now married to Sophie Turner. It wouldn't have been my choice, but... <laughs> Who would you know. pick? I would... Probably, actually, no, he would. At the time, yeah. Well, at the time, I probably would have picked probably Nick, one of the right. right. Yeah, yeah I would have gone for Nick. Nick has I always been the favourite amongst most people. But now, actually, if they were all to have, you know, twenty twenty haircuts, I would probably go. I would go for Joe. Actually. Well, you can reference yeah, Noel's t-shirt. Yeah, if you yeah. Know. So that, that was Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would go for yeah. Joe. Yeah, I would probably go for Joe. Um, I don't remember the first time I watched this. To be honest, I think it, I was in we. Was in year six, I think. Year yeah, six. yeah, we established six. before yeah. that you were eleven. I was a baby. Yeah. We've established that you were a young person. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was one of those again, I think, similar to High School Musical, where it's like it was on after school on a Friday, and like I had a friend round, and we watched it together, and it was all very, very lovely. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't think it's my favourite decom, but it's definitely in my top three. Um, I've. I think the last time I watched it was about three or four months ago, so it's not. Like, I don't remember any of it. Do you still watch it pretty regularly, then? Yeah, I'd probably watch it, like, every last, sort of... Last time you watched it was about four months ago, maybe five? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, probably every about sort once of, a like, year. every six months, maybe, I'll watch it. Wow. <laughs> I already know I like it. I don't think there's going to be any surprises for me deciding at the end of this that I hate it. But, um... Okay, yeah. so, with that, given that you know this so well, then, 
do you think going down the line Jake, Rob and me do you think we will like it? I don't think Rob will like it I think you guys are easier to please than Rob <laughs> Thanks we just, I mean it's called Camp Rock yeah. <laughs> How much more us can you get? For anyone with a future on the stage there's only one place to spend the summer You're going to Camp Rock To get in, they've got to bring the moves. Holla! Put your hands up! The sound. Wow, she's amazing! And the look. Which color? They're exactly the same. So you see my dilemma. But it's best to leave behind. Pop star phenom Shane Gray needs to clean up his act. The attitude. I don't want to waste my summer at some camp. Hey, man, we used to love this place. Hey! Both got classes to teach. Yours starts in five. Place where your friends are your competition. This is not amateur night. There's a difference between standing out. How long did you think you could keep your little secret? And standing alone. I have no choice. I've got to ban you from the rest of camp activities. It's just for once, I just wanted to fit in and be popular. No, just once. Do you know what it's like to feel so in the dark? I heard this girl singing, and it kind of reminded me of the music that I liked. Hello? Who's in here? From Disney Channel comes a story about finding your sound and raising your voice. That's the song. Starring Joe, Kevin, and Nick Jonas. Group hug. <sighs> Much better. And introducing Demi Lovato with Megan Jet Martin and Allison Stoner. Disney Channel's most rockin' original movie yet. Camp Rock. And we're back! From, um, From Camp, Camp Rock. Rock, yeah. We know where it's set now, because it's the name of the movie. We don't know where it's set, though. Really. I was going to ask that then, yeah. I wonder where Camp Rock. Probably Camp Rock. Like, Camp know. Rock, USA. It's its own planet. It's, it's like most decoms probably like upstate New York. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, probably, actually. Uh, upstate New York. Yeah. <laughs> it's an Albany expression. <laughs> right, so, I don't know, what did we all think? Well, you go first. You've seen it the most, so... <laughs> did it live up, every other did time it live up to the all the other millions of times that you've seen, seen it? it? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly the same every time I watch it now, to be honest. This was like how I was when we watched the Star Wars films. I was like, well, yeah. Like, yeah is there anything more I could say? To say? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. Still, still stands in my rankings. Probably. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, yeah I thought it was pretty good. Um, I didn't think it was as good as High School Musical two. That was actually I really did genuinely enjoy that one a lot. Um, this one I did enjoy. Um, the characters aren't as strong. Yeah. Um, the songs aren't as strong. And the story's a little formulaic. Um, I do admire that they didn't backtrack on You Can't Compete in the Competition. Um, that's mm, good. You sort of did. Not really, she didn't win. On a technicality, she still competes in the competition, though. Sort of. Um, is excluded from being able to win. And it's irrelevant anyway, because the prize is to sing with the um, Connect 3, which is a dreadful name for a band. And she ends up hooking up with Sean anyway, so she'll Shane. probably... Shane, sorry. Shane. Well, that's so a problem. I'm sure she'll sing many times with him. That, that right there is a problem right there. That so In fact, she sings with him on stage. So, so many of the characters are so plain that I can't even remember their names. 
Uh, I, I definitely don't know the other two Jonas Brothers names in this. Nate and Jason. Never, ever <laughs> would have got that. Um, so I don't think the characters are as strong. But it was it was good. It was good. Um, I thought most of the characters were quite likeable, at least. Mm. They just weren't that interesting, really. I thought they were most of the characters were more interesting than they were when we watched High School Musical 1. I think maybe there's an element of High School Musical 2, the characters are stronger because... Well, the storytelling's a bit strong in High School Musical 2. That, and we've already got to know them a little bit. We've only had one film to know these characters so far. Yeah. And I would say that the characters are definitely stronger than the average um, decomfort, especially if you compare directly, for example, um, Mitchie with Gabrielle. Oh, 100%. Like, Mitchie's a good protagonist. I liked her. Like, they definitely they took the note that characters of that mould where it's like, shy teenage girl who loves the popular kid and has needs a, has to be more than that they voice. need to have more than that to their character because Gabriella didn't have anything else to a character other than that I don't yeah. think um, so I think they've taken that note and Mitchie's a good character not my favourite character but she is a good protagonist um, I did quite like looking at um, Joe Jonas very happy <laughs> to keep on doing that for did you movie. enjoy the topless lake scene with Joe Jonas I did, I did. he's uh, a beauty I feel a bit weird about it because he's <laughs> 19. 19. Yeah, Still ne- on nearly, age. Nearly so 10 years younger than me in this. But <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a sight I enjoyed. That gives yeah. it an extra point. Yeah. Go on, what about you guys? He, it, was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Again, not as good as High School Musical 2. Definitely better than most of the other decoms we've seen so far. I do... My, my mark against it is that it falls back into the decom routine of like, we're, we're all going to this big like place outside of our parents control and um we've got to do a competition at the end and win the competition you get a prize at the end for it because cadet kelly did the exact same thing she instead of going to a camp she goes to a military school mm-hmm. but instead of a singing competition it's a like stick fiddling competition or <laughs> a twirling competition or whatever and she makes some friends along the way and it turns out the villain is not really a villain and you start to feel sorry for them at the end like there's quite a lot of similarities between this and other decoms, and it just after High School Musical two, which was actually significantly different compared to other decom films, it's a bit annoying to go back to the same sort of title formula that they always have for these films. But that being said, it's definitely the best version of that formula in a decom film, and it's more interesting. And it's certainly breaking the formula in terms of the three things that I said I didn't want. I think only one of them was actually in it. well, it was sort of one and a half. So we thankfully didn't have choosing between two hobbies. That thankfully yeah. was gone. Um, they did sort of have ineffective adult. Not I said ineffective parents, so they didn't do that. But they did have ineffective adults with that coach camp. The one that just wants guy to be cool. gives me bad vibes. <laughs> who like I hate it when I have to be on cool. Always made terrible decisions at every turn. Um, so they did have ineffective adults. They also. Minor, but it was there. They did have food waste uh, with the spaghetti throwing scene, but we already I knew that was minor. That was that much was more of a food fight than I remember it being. One and a half out of three, sadly, on the um, <laughs> Disney Channel tropes scale. Mm. Um, yeah. And they, well, had, they, they very much had the character has a split identity sort of thing going on. Like, Troy does that in High School Musical 2, doesn't he? Yeah, it? I felt a little bit that way with, like, when she was saying about, like, becoming herself or something like that, and it was they felt a bit like they were riffing on Hannah Montana or something. I'm getting a little bit tired of all of these decoms being about teenagers finding who they are. Like, I also... <laughs> I get the audience, and that, that, that's, that's all teenagers ever do, though. <laughs> no, but I'm just... Maybe I'm just growing a little bit tired of teenagers. 
I, I also don't like this archetype that's trying to settle in. Again, I think Mitchie is a much, much better character than Gabrielle, and she does have more to it than this. But I don't like how, like, being poor and being shy and being secretly talented are, like, three completely wrapped up qualities that are all the same. They're all desirable qualities They're all, like, want. you can't be poor... But also be loud. You have to be poor and be really shy. Well, you don't want your you, know? you don't want your women <laughs> to be um, loud and bossy and rich. They've got to be meek and shy and be talented, but they've got to be humble about it. Otherwise I think it's, it's very unattractive. That's what it is. It's yeah. humility. Why? Why are? I think like, it's just. I think it's just qualities really that you would find yeah. in. A, it, it's just an underdog story. That's it. It's just. Yeah. It's, it's just the qualities that you would find in an underdog story. She's, she's not very good with popular kids. She's not very good with rich kids. And like she's not got money or the same access or, you know, whatever. And so you just sort of it's all of the things that you're supposed to have in a you know that would make you feel sorry for somebody. And it's just easy shorthand. Like they're all the same. Like Cadet Kelly was the same. Well, oh like, no no because that, that was no because she was she, rich and loud. She, she wasn't yeah she wasn't very likable. But like she was I suppose in a broad sense she, they're all like presented as an underdog and like you just sort of. And at least I think the difference between movies like this one, like Camp Rock and like, I suppose, um, bits of High School Musical and compared to how I felt about movies like The Cheat Girls, which is that The Cheat Girls aren't really underdogs, but you're supposed to, the film sort of makes you want to believe that. The film thinks that you're supposed to feel that way and you don't. Whereas at least in this, there are legit reasons for why she's presented as an underdog so she's believable in that sense as a protagonist and you're supposed to it's just basic like the characters don't really have any kind of moral complexity they're all just kind of like they are they, they arrive and end the film as the same people basically apart from the one girl with the hair what's her name the villain the person hair. the girl with the Tess. hair the, the villainy person Tess. Tess she's the only person in the movie who like leaves it a different person to who she was when she arrived. And Joe Jonas. Shane Gray. Well, no, because he is he that person really. underneath. And he only puts on the Yeah, he, and... he said on the boat, didn't he, that he yeah, actually yeah, is true. nice all along. So, just... like, yeah. Although when he got to the camp, he was a jerk at the start. He was, he was, all he like, was, was yeah. Stuff. But, like, you know, but uh, these films aren't really about anything like that. They're just sort of... They're about just sort of sitting and staring at something for 90 minutes and watching a story and I think if you try and remember that as much as possible then you don't get too I don't know you don't get too bothered I mean I know that one of you was eventually going to ask how I felt about it and I figured I'd answer this question like a politician which is indirectly <laughs> and eh, eh, you well, do debris great that's Rob's feelings I told you he was <laughs> no I didn't like I wouldn't say I disliked it, but I feel like saying that I liked it would be a bit strong, as well. But you um, didn't like it. Though. Well, no, because I, I, saying that saying that I disliked it would just feel unfair. Like it would just. You feel... just didn't care about it. No. Right. Um, Ambivalence. Like, I, I kind of. I mean, I've written a few notes, not many. Um, like I kind of. I just struggle to stay with it emotionally, like, or even get with it emotionally. Really, um, a lot of the drama hinged on like really low stakes and. Which is fine. It's summer camp. Well, yeah, low low stakes drama is fine, but like, Cadet Kelly managed to make low stakes feel more interesting. I think. <laughs> I think I preferred this to Cadet Kelly, just. But like, I like that because that's the first one. 
that has stuck around all the way through. That is always the arbiter we compare. I know. I, you know what it is? Cadet Kelly. I think it's just because I really like the main character in Cadet Kelly. I like... What's her face? It's, that's... Before High School Musical 2 came along, I thought Cowbells was the bar. I really liked Cowbells. Mm. But anyway, go on. <laughs> well, yeah, I kind of struggled to stay with it. Like I say, emotionally, like a lot of the drama in the movie and a lot of the conflict, like I say, it's fine if it hinges on low stakes, but it never really, it's never really allowed to feel like a hangout movie where you just kind of watch some kids play music and get to know one another. Like, it's... You know, like we was Andy. You were sort of saying that High School Musical two feels so much better than High School Musical because it's like High School Musical, but with all of the angst taken out and all of the campness thrown in. And there's no, yeah. there's not enough camp in this. Ironically, for a film called Camp Rock, there isn't yeah. much camp in it. It's all a pretty angsty, and it's all like it feels like the end of the world, and it's not. And I feel like what High School Musical two really embraced was that it wasn't the end of the world, and. There were a few angsty moments in it, but we all agreed that they were the weakest bits. Everything around Gabriella about all being all concerned for Troy, like that with all the heart bleedy stuff, that was like the worst aspect of it. We enjoyed the fun, the pageantry, the silliness, the way that it embraced and went with it and really lent on it and did some really cool choreography and editing. Plus really... the catchy tunes. Yeah. But, but see, I think that works for High School Musical too because it's a sequel. Like, you can't you do know, this kind of film when you've not established the characters. Oh, you can. It's no, I actually really. agree with that. It, it is possible, but like, but then, you know, it, I suppose whether you can do it or whether you can't do it doesn't really matter. The first episode not. of Wee is a really good example of how you do that while also introducing the characters at the same time. I think what it is, is humour. I think this film's not very funny. And I think humour would really make it pop. Mm. There's not really any kind of... I'm not, not saying that you need a comedy side character, but, you know, it doesn't hurt. And there wasn't one. Other than the dull Jonas brother who, you know... Wanted a birdhouse. Who, who, but he's only in a couple of scenes. Yeah. I don't think there was... Any, there was never a character where it's like, oh, they're good value. Like, there was never, like... There was no laugh-out-loud moments in the whole film. Like, other than, like, them using really cringy phrases, like... The, the thing on the head thing, what was it? Oh, yeah, what oh, is it? Ever, ever major loser. Major loser. <laughs> Whatever major yeah. that was great. But I, I think I think the lack of comedy maybe was a problem. And I, I identified that with a couple of other things, where like Cheetah Girls and Cadet Kelly, both of them had a... Not so much Cadet Kelly. Cheetah Girls definitely had a big no-humour You just problem. need a bit of light-heartedness, don't you, sometimes? Mm. Yeah. Well, this was like hearted, but it just it felt like for a little little bits in the movie, it kind of felt like the world was ending for poor old Demi Lovato. And this was her chance to get a big break. I didn't, wasn't feeling it. Just no. like when she had to do the confession in front of loads of people, and it was like, yeah, great, next bit, please. And I suppose like a lot of like individual scenes in the movie, they kind of like they hang on lies and really strange plans that build up and up and up and you're just sort of like what someone's gonna find this out eventually right like someone's gonna work this out that well like that and mum's not the president of a tv show yeah and it just it feels like the a lot hot of tunes china making... they said the phrase often enough yeah hot tunes china is it that was like beetlejuice like how many times could you say it like yeah. hot tunes china before hot tunes someone china. appears behind you um <laughs> like that her mum doesn't work in the kitchens the stolen 
bracelet thing and then it's sort of implied. when the mum walks up to them in the dining room and starts talking to him he's like I really wanted to meet Mitchie's friend and he's like you know that person yeah doesn't everyone know her like yeah, if and... she's just a random stranger working in the kitchen she's not going to come up to you and say are these your friends I want to meet them and every now and again I was just sort of like right you're stringing this out a little bit too far now for me to feel like it's going to have like, because it felt like these big secrets were sort of waiting to be revealed, but it felt like they held on to them for so long that, and so many things happened that surely would have broken the spell and have everybody find out. And it all seemed, everybody seemed to get off scot-free in those kinds of situations in a way that sort of made me think, this is, it. when this comes up, this is just never going to be, like, a huge issue. It's just going to be dealt with and go. And, yeah, I... I don't know, um, and there were little moments in it where I thought they were trying to build character, as it were, with uh, the villain Tess, is it? Yeah. yeah. And at the start of the movie, where it's like implied that her mum's kind of absent, and you think, oh, they're going for one of those storylines where the villain is the way that they are because their mum never gives them any time, and maybe her dad is dead or divorced or something or other, and you know, or both. Or both, yeah, and it's a single mum kind of situation, and but she's not a very attentive single woman. Like she's got all the money in the world, but can it buy real happiness that a parent can give you and all those she kinds of... She spends more time with her nanny than she does with her mom. Exactly, so. those kinds of moral lessons. But then that just kind of gets dropped until like the final scene and then her mum turns up out of nowhere and you're like, oh yeah, that. That happened. And I feel like just it tries to do t- too much and then it all... Also, how loud is that mum's ringtone that it basically upstages the entire Yeah, the whole song. I mean, I, I mean, I don't really care about stuff like that. But then, like, you get <laughs> Peggy, who's we find out his real name is Margaret, and, like, they do this thing where, like, she's doing the song, and it's like, it for about 30 seconds, it makes you think that she was the secret protagonist all along. Yeah, when it does a whole and flashback. She to... was the one whose emotional journey we were supposed to be paying attention to, and it's like... No, come it on. It came across as... Stop it. I think it backfired by doing those flashbacks. I think it was supposed to enhance the character. But it felt more like it was, like, reminding us who she is. I think... <laughs> the, well, yeah. Remember her? Yeah. I think an attempt to give characters more depth in the film came across at the very, very end as just a confused play of not quite understanding what character is what. This is a mistake that they keep making, though. That even High School Musical has this problem where they do the pair, both films, they do the pair this first. With Kelsey and. They keep on, in all of these films, they keep on forgetting to um, sort of, I don't know, do do your prep beforehand for the big moments. Where it's like characters need work through the film so that they get the moment of climax. Things on end with these characters a lot of the time. And, like, Peggy takes, like, a, like it felt to me like she took, like, a full hour off screen. Like, there was the first half hour where they're all in that yeah. bunk together. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong here, though. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, they have that first few scenes where they're in that bunk. And then it seemed like I basically didn't see her again until the end. She's in it throughout, but just mm. as But she's just in the background, she's set dressing. And yeah. she's pulling those awful faces up with anger flashbacks. In, in, in some scenes, she is as important as, like, a door or a window frame. And then she comes up and does a whole song and there are bits of it that I quite enjoyed I thought like the individual performances here and there were were sort of like quite okay like they were fine I mean Demi Lovato was like you know like 90% teeth 
<laughs> in this, I feel like. And 90% teeth and wet eyes. Yeah, and it means that she doesn't pronounce her words when she sings. So it's a good job we had oh, well, some titles on there. Well, that's just Demi voice. I don't really... And I thought that um, in terms of their chemistry with each other and their chemistry with the camera, it is kind of obvious why the Jonas Brothers were the biggest stars around at the time in this movie and also from this movie. I feel like they're kind of born to be in movies like this which is weird because i feel like if i was going to redo this i wouldn't have them in it i would just i feel like that or make the make the film longer or something i just i mean the film is built around them the whole point of camp rock is that it starts the jonas brothers i kind of i don't yeah i just well marketing wise but i just feel like plot wise if you just spend send demi lovato to a camp where she doesn't fit in and just do like cadet kelly just do the same movie but with rock music well i say rock music um we'll get to that um (laughs) teen pop yeah, well, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, like I said, we'll get to that. I just feel a like... A collection of songs that you would get from, like, Pop Party 5. Series. Yeah, it's... But this is... I think it does, tries to do too much with too little time, and in the end, what you're kind of left with is a, an okay-ish movie. Like, it, I, I thought it was okay for me. Um, like, I think if, like, months down the line and you want to watch this again, I wouldn't say, mm, no. I, I'd more be like, yeah, Wait, okay. Wait, for half of it. Yeah, most of it, I think. Yeah, yeah, because I've seen it now and I know what its its deal is. And um, can we do our favorite characters? Okay. If sorry, if you're done with that, Rob. If you're done with Uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I think towards the end I was a little bit more into it. I feel like they gave a lot of time to the final jam, um, and the final jam was basically just a collection of really shoddily edited songs the music some catchy tunes though oh the songs were fine that Hasta but... La Vista song was actually quite good I think they should have <laughs> yeah <won> the <laughs> yeah there, there were some decent performances in there and you know the, the Peggy song and This Is Me and the music music what's it called the, the Jonas Brothers one du, 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 play, du, my play my music they're, those three songs are quite okay yeah they're quite Not good I've got to find you ah, it's fine I mean I like how they interpolate it into um, This Is Me and I mean, we were waiting for This Is Me for a long time because we heard little bits of it as we went along. Um, and then when we finally got there, it was in a different key to how everyone else had been singing it. Like so film, but it was worth tease, it. The tease breaking free. For yeah, where they, yeah, we were saying that it's like when the tease breaking free. But yeah, I just thought like it had loads of really bad fundamental issues for me. But like, it, I think it was mostly saved just sort of by being quite short, quite charming ish, and sort of being light and breezy and not really too challenging or like it's not like annoying or anything like that it didn't annoy me like i wasn't sat here going jesus the saving grace of this film is that it's actually not boring no it's not it really isn't i don't think any of these well maybe other than cheetah girls that ran a bit too long for what it was but i don't think any of these have been dull i've not been sat here like i wasn't bored by cheetah girls it just it, like, it act- actively annoyed me, Cheetah Girls. Yeah, it did annoy me. This didn't annoy me. Yeah. I think like the the protagonist was likable and she deserved to be likable. She wasn't a bad person. Um, she was just a kid under pressure. And it feels like every, mo- every, every one of these movies is like a testing environment for what they shouldn't do next time. And I feel like with the Cheetah Girls, they've kind of, and with Cadet Kelly, they've kind of learned that they can't just make their characters, main characters, spoil brats and just have us have them be great you know like she, Demi Lovato is not a spoiled brat she kind of has to work her way up and earn things and so emotionally you're with her enough to for it to be sort of fine 
Like it was, it was okay. Um, I don't know if she'd be my favorite character. I don't even know if I have a favorite character really. They, they all just kind of blend in. Just some I liked more than others. I liked the thing is, I always tend to like these kind of characters, but they're always perpetually underplayed in decoms. I don't know what it is. I liked her friend whose name escapes me, who mm. ends up having to help her in Caitlin. the kitchen. Caitlin. That's yeah, the Caitlin. One. I liked her. I thought she was just a generally nice girl who seemed to like be a lot more chilled out about everything than the rest of them were. And she seemed to take this as the funny Disney runaround that it was. I felt like her performance was well-pitched. Uh, maybe I just like her because, as I realised of St. Anola, she was in Cheaper by the Dozen, which I used to love as a kid. Um, so maybe I just felt like naturally... Like a bit of an affinity character. with her. Yes. Um, but I just thought she was a likeable character. But I've realised now every time, there's that girl on the piano in High School Musical... Kelsey. Who, Kelsey, who gets no attention, and she yeah, was like, I know what you mean. And then there was the cheetah girl number four, whoever she was, who mopping girl, who yeah, who, who, Dorinda, Dorinda, who Dorinda. never gets any screen time. I tend to like these kind of characters who are like far more likable and interesting than the main characters, and never get any screen time. I don't know yeah. why that keeps happening, but yeah, she was probably my favorite character. Um, With Dorinda in mind, I'm getting a little bit tired of the characters. Um, having one of the character traits as being poor. That's not a trait. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's I mean, if it can inform your personality. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. Uh, but again, it's just, it's easy short. Especially in this film. Feel sorry for this like, person. And, yeah, in this film yeah. in particular, like, she spends such an enormous amount of time hiding the fact that she's poor. Like, it, it, it doesn't really mean anything, does it, at the end of the day? I think... It, it, when you were a kid, you would get the shit ripped out of you if you did say, like, oh, I'm not as rich as you guys. I, I want Nor to talk about this now. I want Nor to say things. So... Who's your favourite character? Favourite character, like, and... Well, it's obviously what you love Shane so much. Gray, isn't it? <laughs> Shane Grey. He's yeah. just very pretty to look at, to be he honest. Is. Yeah, he is he's sort of really annoyingly pretty. beautiful, I think. He's sort of <laughs> I'm like, glad you agree, actually. He's sort of like, you know, like the guy who turns up in Cheetah Girls 2 who's like made in a lab oh, oh, Spanish um, dancer guy. Oh, the guitarist guy. Oh, Joaquin. no, yeah. Joaquin. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Shane Gray, he feels a, that they, they do feel a little bit, Kevin doesn't, but like <laughs> the other Kevin's two feel a bit like a bit made in a lab, kind of like. Very good you know, like Powerpuff Girls, <laughs> where it's like sugar spice and everything nice, but with them it's like just the desires of the people watching this. It just feels like they've he has been made. He's a beautiful man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you know, how can we turn on teenage girls about it being creepy? I know. Yeah, let's put the Jonas Brothers in a film. And one of them shirtless for about ten seconds. Exactly. Yeah. No one I knew really liked Joe Jonas. Everyone preferred Nick, so I never really spoke about him. Meant he was all like, it was all mine, so it's fine. Did anybody at all prefer Kevin? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone does now, do they? Mm-mm. No. Kevin is like the black. He was the first one to kind of be married off and like he didn't really want a career. Yeah, I've got in music, my opinions on why. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us your other thoughts about the film, then. Yeah. So watching it's still it this enjoyable. Time. I feel like you guys are being a bit harsh. I'm not. <laughs> Like, you're being a bit harsh. Um, well, I enjoy the film as well. I just do also agree with what Rob's saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. No, no, totally. <laughs> but no, it's it's still an enjoyable film, and like, yeah, it's low stakes, but most decoms are low stakes. True. Mm. It's it's 
kid stuff, you know. I don't yeah, know how don't. don't get how high stakes it can be, to be honest. I know, it's not like um, any of these are ever gonna be an end of the world scenario. Yeah. But like, ignore me, I'm just old and stupid. Like tell me, like t- t- tell me, like, what do you love about this? It's what got a great soundtrack. What, what why do you keep going back to it every five or six Because months? of the Jonas brothers we've established. <laughs> 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 but it's gotta have that more than that. So like no but like it can't just be that because you can't no. just say any money money uh, any movie. Like if we watched the Star Wars holiday special starring the Jonas Brothers, you still wouldn't have liked it. You probably liked it a little bit more. Well, I don't you know. wouldn't have liked it. I, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they were one of the variety performances. Imagine if Chewie's kids were the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> what if Joe Jonas comes on? Joe Jonas comes on the virtual thing and he's doing like the sexy virtual. Uh, masturbation the band, the players of Jefferson yeah, Starship, yeah, yeah, the Jonas yeah. Brothers. Just one more <laughs> round. That would be amazing. <laughs> Anyway, well, okay, that point. But yeah, beyond the Jonas Brothers, like, is there another? Is there another reason? I I don't know. This is a very nostalgic film for me, so that's probably why as well. Like, Mm -hmm. this was like a big, like High School Musical. I mean, I was still young enough to appreciate Camp Rock when it came out as well. Whereas I think you were a little bit older. Well, I never really saw it. Yeah, and you never really watched it as a kid. it's like how you have nostalgia for the Toy Story films. It's just the Toy Story films also happen to be very, very good films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's like it's yeah. like your nostalgia for High School Musical, essentially. Like you still like it. Oh, your nostalgia mm. for Lord you of the Rings. Watch it again. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, looking yeah. past the nostalgia, then. I mean, one thing I've not really ever asked about, nor is like the fandom kind of perception. So, like, if this is one of your favorites, is that like a popular view? Is this like generally like within the decom? Like pretty... other people. Of like you know your friends now if we look back at it would everybody agree that this is one of most of my friends would watch Camp Rock yeah. multiple times over yeah I mean yeah. you can speak to Sasha about how much <laughs> I think it does say a lot about Camp Rock's popularity that we'd actually heard of it and it wasn't High School Musical mm. because like I hadn't heard of Cowbells and I hadn't heard of I mean I know it's the episode's gone missing because it's my fault but like I hadn't heard of Eddie's million dollar cook off had you heard of the Cheetah Girls yeah, I'd heard of the Cheetah Girls. Well, I'd heard of the Cheetah Girls too. Kind of. Because I remember that when coming out Spain. and I was like, when did the first one come out? I remember the set, I was like, this. Like, Not Girls really. You haven't uh, heard of them? No. I, I, after this, I, I, I think I lost touch of what even DCOMs were after Camp Rock 2. Fair. So, like, but I still heard about it, which I think, you know, the big ones, like, they're all basically. You know, I mean, I like High School Musical. I think High School Musical 2 is a bit of an outlier, so we'll leave that one. But between sort of like Cadet Kelly and where, you know, that's why we started there. They're all sort of of a standard. Yeah. They're all basically the same. Like, they're all about as good as each other. Yeah. Which means that there must be oh, something about... Carry on. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? They're all sort of like a bit more higher budget than TV movies, but not really enough to be movies, movies. I think they've and sort of shaken that off a little they've bit. All, though, yeah, but like they've all got like the same formula and basically the same plot and basically the same characters over and over and over again. They're all sort of like the same story, but in different scenarios. Is this scenarios. the same director that does the High School Musical? No, no it was someone else. One. It was, um, and my Matthew God, Diamond. can you tell? Matthew Diamond. My God, can you tell at points? But we'll get to that I actually disagree I actually think you could have fooled me that this was like a cinema release movie I, I wouldn't mm, I think no, I wouldn't have gone back I, I suppose like I mean I, I, but with I suppose my point is that they're all sort of of a standard yeah, they're not like groundbreaking they're just sort you of you can tell the deep next ones. one's directed by someone else not Kenny Ortega oh but it's just they are what they are which means that the bigger ones like the high school musical movies and the camp rock movies they must have to the people who were watching them at the time they must have something that they meant that they became intellectual property in ways that the other movies didn't. Like, there isn't a Cowbells 2. There isn't a, 
a Cadet Kelly 2, you know, the, but there is a Cheetah Girls 2 and a High School yeah. Musical 2 and a Catwalk 2. And so... Again, they're all musicals as I well. was going to yeah, say, it's musicals. There's a demand for them. Well, I think it's it, also like, they don't make money off the TV film, obviously, because it's just a TV film. Yeah. But then you've got the soundtrack It's the merch, well. yeah. And like, the Jonas Brothers were massive anyway, like, and yeah. the band. So to then have them affiliated with a yeah. film, like they're going to buy the soundtrack, soundtrack, even though the Jonas Brothers only do one song on it. But they, well, oh, yeah, so were they yeah. famous? They were actually famous. They yeah, they did have an album out, and they did yeah. they'd done like their covers of the busted songs, like Year Three Thousand, and uh, yeah, right, and okay. also on, on Disney Channel between like TV shows, they often did. They like, had their own TV show, kind didn't of they? Post Camp Rock, right? Um, yeah, but often between sort of TV shows on Disney Channel, you'd, you'd have like a snippet of a music video or something just like to fill the space, uh-huh. and the Jonas Brothers were often like featured in those. And that's kind of how they got famous through yeah. Disney, and then they had their big Camp Rock break, and oh. then they had their own kind of TV show as well after, just called Jonas, and it was about being pop stars at high school. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. well, they, were they were acting, or were they with you themselves? No, they were acting. <laughs> it was like a sitcom type thing. But I think, like, <laughs> oh, being God, famous that sounds while you're at school. awful. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. It's basically just Hannah Montana. But she was, she was like but a she was secret yeah, right, yeah. yeah. She was not famous in high school in that she, people didn't know who she was. She was an absolute like, nerd in high school. But, yeah. Yeah. I think this, considering there's three of them, so you would think it, it increases the chance of failure. None, they're all not bad actors, to be honest. They're all fine as actors. Considering that they are surely primarily musicians. And I mean, two out of the three of them are very one-note personalities. No, but like, th- right, yeah. think of Spice World, which is a movie I can talk about all day. But the <laughs> thing about that is like, one or two of them are genuinely quite good actresses. I'm saying Jerry and Mel B. The other three, like, well, genuinely like, hilarious are really, how really, bad they are. really, really bad actors. Victoria Beckham goes full on into so bad she's good territory where she's completely like camp icon. She's just so watchable because she's so bad. But like, because there's five of them, it's like a couple of them can act, a couple of them really can't. Whereas I think they're all okay actors to this. You can really tell they've come up through Disney because they've got that singing and acting and looking nicey nice kind of thing about them. They're all the kind of. Yeah, it's almost like they were raised with Disney. What you call, you know, like what Louis Walsh and X Factor would call, you got the whole package. It's like they're that <laughs> yeah. kind of people. Yeah. So you can tell they've been kind of put together mm. by Disney. But that's not a bad thing. I find them a very, very likable bunch of guys, to be honest. I can see what, I can definitely see why they were so popular. I really can. Yeah, good eggs. And like, there must be something in this that I'm clearly missing that meant that Camp Rock resonated in ways that. Not quite as much as High School Musical, but still resonated, and it was enough to be really popular. And I mean, I don't know if it was kind of riding on the wave of High School Musical and how popular that was. I think it's almost like I don't know. I feel like of all the decoms, the ones that are musicals are often better, the biggest, and yeah, they, they yeah. often do better than the other. Because it means like, they can sell the music. Well, yeah, and, like Cadet Kelly yeah. wasn't that big when it came out. Cowboys wasn't that big when it came no. out. But High School Musical was massive. Cheetah Girls was massive, Camp Rock was massive, so Descendants now is massive. Very vaguely thinking about it, I do think there was an element of this being from the makers of High School Musical. From what I remember, it's like, I agree with Rob, where DCOMs were not a thing I'd ever heard of, then High School Musical happened, and then it seemed to be like, people explained, like, Cheetah Girls 2 or Camp Rock to me as, like, oh, well, it's, like, you know, High School Musical, it's like that. Like, that's yeah, kind of, like, standard. it very much yeah. You can imagine the in the trailers, people from the, the people that brought you High School well, Musical. Well, I mean, I, th- I think that's how people knew Camp Rock, because it was made by the people who made High School Musical. Sort of, like, maybe, like, Pixar, where it's, like, well, it's, you know, 
from the creators so what, of Finding like Nemo. when people went to see A Bug's Life because they'd seen Toy Story and it's like mm. ah right from the makers of Toy Story I think it was that kind of an effect maybe yeah yeah, yeah I'd say so yeah the name is out there as yeah. the Disney Channel original movies um I do have a kind of major complaint with some of the some of the f- the f- like just the directing and the editing and I thought it was fairly really uh, most I mean, of it. Six or seven movies into this series, I'm really past caring to be honest. Well, <laughs> most of it is functional. It's just one or two cameras in a room. They do some talking, whatever. Most of the performances of songs in this movie. There's no acty High School Musical two really long shots as Troy runs across the field and. Oh, I don't need it to be artsy. I just need it to be competent. Um, <laughs> like, if if you go back and watch the This Is Me sequence and look at it and really look at what's happening and even Peggy's little sequence as well it just there are so many shots in that little final jam oh we're back thing to doing the competition it, final shots where you have a million shots well no no not even <laughs> there are just so many shots where it's like you can just sort of they've looked at it in post and they've just gone and gone oh that'll do like they've not done any reshoots like they're not even like it's quite low budget I imagine they make these things in two weeks, I would imagine. It's really just, do. like, it, it's proper, like, there's, there was just so many shots of, like, I was imagining myself, if Kenny Ortega was doing something like this, there would be loads of, like, quick cuts, but not overwhelmingly quick. Yeah, but they would the make problem. it he set the standards zippy now, enough, <laughs> and they would make it quite fluid. But whereas there were just so many shots in that final sequence where Demi Lovato's singing... And the camera just stays in the same place for ages while she's yeah. really awkwardly overacting how she's singing. Where she's dancing like this. She's properly going <laughs> for it. And it's like... Just so you know, everyone, you just, Jake is like standing and keeling over and playing guitar <laughs> over the top. And you just... And like even at the beginning where she's picked up the guitar and she's dancing with the keyboard and then there are shots where like Peggy's doing her song and she's not even close to playing the right notes on the guitar and like oh my god I know, that was ridiculous and she but... was going up and down the fretboard while the chord was staying the same and then the chord would change and her hand wouldn't move and there were just moments like that where it's like just cut away just show a different to remember though is a kid going to notice that yeah I think but the thing is like, time, but it, it, it destroys the illusion that she's even playing it you're supposed to but create an illusion. But when a kid even notice that she's not playing it, do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it seemed fairly obvious she wasn't playing the guitar because she wasn't even hitting any strings. She was, just and she was, she like was that. actually strumming in the wrong way as well. It's like even they they weren't even she was strumming at the wrong tempo, so they weren't even. Which makes me think they weren't even playing the song Maybe loud they... for her in when she was doing the performance. No, and she would have just been miming it and they would have filmed her miming the song. But usually in music videos and stuff, when they do that, they play the song in the room that they're in and then they just cut the audio of the room that they're in and play it. And so that makes... It's like when you see people doing, like... Um, yeah, you've got no rhythm. Which, right, here's <laughs> the thing, right? If, if, if they had got it, like, rhythm perfect and she was strumming in the correct pattern, I think you still wouldn't have believed she was doing it. So what's the point in getting it perfect? You create the illusion, you go for the unrealism of it, where, like, you... Yeah, but, but is that important in a kid's film? But, like, no, you, no. I think it is, because it just... I mean, I'm kind of... I was. I would have been distracted by that, I feel like. I mean, I I'm not a big, like, stickler for things like that. Like, there are moments in Coco where, like, sometimes they go for, like, trying to be note perfect with the animation and what fret he's holding and... 
And then there are moments where they don't do that and you just kind of... But you're so far away and they do enough with the shot itself and kind of give you other things to look at that it doesn't matter. It's about the illusion of them playing the guitar. I mean, we know, they know that, you know, the song is playing and everyone's miming and whatever, who cares? But there are scenes in this where they actually go to the effort of doing that. Or they like, they'll take a little shortcut and they'll do something different like... Where, is it Nick or Joe, the main, Shane Gray? Joe. Joe. Where he's doing Gotta um, got Find You by the Water. And they'll show him playing the guitar from the back, so you can't see whereabout his finger is. You can you get an idea, but like you don't really know where he is on the fretboard, so who cares? And then when they cut round to show his face, you don't see the guitar. He's, you know he's still playing it because his shoulders are moving and it implies that he, he is playing it. I think the difference there is though is that Joe Jonas actually knows how to play the guitar. But, so you, you, can create, but you can create that illusion by just having shots from the chest up and the neck up and instead yeah, what you have is in, like in a shot where like, it just looks like, eh, that'll do. I think like she was in the final mm. jam and she was standing up whereas Joe Jonas was sat down so it's easier to just crop out it's, it's easy to do anything like that. I don't know, it's but so, it so simple. It feels like it takes away from the effect of the big stage if you're just showing her top and half. I've got to point out, Rob, that not only are you, like, really, really, like, you take your film seriously and stuff, which is fine, but also you're a guitarist. So that's two <laughs> things that are very, very, like... Yeah, maybe. Putting quite an unfair balance on this, really. I am going to redress the balance <laughs> that there is a moment in the movie that did make me sit and quietly say to myself, good shot, which is where... He Joe, pins... Joe Jonas takes his top off. I agree. Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that the one with the, the ketchup one. and the mustard in the foreground? Yeah, he pins the lineup for the final jam on the fireplace, and then everybody, and then they they carry on zooming out, and then there's a little bit of a cut where you get Demi Lovato and her friend um, in the foreground. Well, everybody rushes in behind them to have a look at what the final jam shot is, and it just puts them right in the center of the frame, and it's like we get there emotional reaction to not being allowed in Final Jam while everybody else is reacting to it very noisily and happily behind them and you just sort of get the mundane like oh we have to work with ketchup and mustard instead and well, I must say because of the ketchup and mustard in shot I've been so trained by what these movies are like now that I fully genuinely thought a food fight was about to happen because I just <laughs> think that's what happens when ketchup and mustard bottles They were there. just going to grab them and start squirting yeah, everyone. I honestly thought they were just going to lose their minds and start squirting because when you see like an array of food in any of these films, it's just about to get spoiled. Yeah. And it's a shame because I feel like there are good functional sort of editing moments in this and like the choreography is okay. I feel like the bigger sequences with more members and dance routines and stuff, I was really... There's only one really big. I was kind of going for it. Well, you get like when they're training, and like he says, everybody get a cap, and 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 then you get the one at the end with the trampolines. Oh yeah, trampoline, trampolines in (laughs) using the props, and I like that. It just meant that the other moments kind of stood out like a sore thumb. The thing is, I think you've been spoiled by Kenny Ortega, and you've got to understand that DCOMs are low budget, and Kenny Ortega is someone that probably cares about his job very much compared to other directors of TV films. I actually would go further. I would think we've maybe been spoiled by everything we've watched in general. Whereas, like all the films we've watched for Rebel Chums before this series, they're all like the biggest Hollywood, huge budget. Yeah, have a lot of curve. We did Star Wars and Harry Potter and Pixar and Lord of the Rings, which are like literally probably the four biggest franchises. Whereas, like now we're doing TV movies. Downgraded. I think. (laughs) I I don't want to let it off the hook by saying oh we shouldn't judge it as harshly and stuff like that, but like, gotta be realistic. 
Then like, again, sometimes I can... sometimes they genuinely can't do reshoots because they've run out of money. Yeah, and they've run out of time. And, and also, all of these actors would have been high school. They have the child actors, mm. so they have to get them home by eight pm or whatever. It's like, <laughs> what are these? No, it's yeah. genuinely no, like, yeah, no, like no. what are they supposed to do? Um, no. So I think that you've got to be fair, and it really doesn't bother me too much. It's like I notice that these things are there, but I'm not expecting immaculate production at this point because we've had far worse made movies and like I thought Cheetah Girls was genuinely really badly made just because it was so poorly paced and it was oh I prefer this to Cheetah Girls I think like, you prefer anything to Cheetah Girls to be honest oh no it wasn't terrible Cheetah Girls I just, but I, I, I mean the thing is you're talking about big budget movies if we ever go on to do the Marvel Cinematic Universe I'll have similar things to say about some of those movies well, I would disagree with you very good but I, I, yeah I uh, I think I think being a little hard and I, I actually have very few bad things to say about it. I don't like absolutely love it, but I do have very few kind of bad things yeah, to say Yeah, I have very few movie. like things that made me actively dislike the film. There isn't much in this film that I hated. There was just a lot. There was quite a lot that was meh, and there was some that was that's quite good. I think one of the things that was quite good but I wouldn't go any further was the music um, some of the songs were uh, they never really do a good job with these slow this is how I'm feeling ballads that tend to fall They're very like, much in the a product of the movie I think all of the songs in this were very much a product of the time like they all sounded like just what was on the, the radio numbers, in 2008 but the big numbers at the beginning and end really hit yeah um, especially the last two or three songs in the final jam at the end I didn't really like Peggy's one I thought that was quite sort of generic it's a bit ballads. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit um, but Hasta La Vista is well cool yeah it's Love a good that song that yeah it's underrated um, I liked the Jonas Brothers song on the stage that was obviously one music. of the big set pieces of the movie I imagine yeah. they probably hard cut that out of the movie and made it into a music video because I noticed probably. you didn't really see any of the other characters while that was going on as if it was made to be separate from the movie mm. you made a point so, of saying that that song is really stylistically different from the rest of the songs in the film sounds like a Jonas Brothers yeah. song it, it, it I was like surprised that it was not very much now against the style from our it, friends the Jonas yeah, Brothers it's, yeah, yeah it's almost like and we interrupt this film to bring you the Jonas Brothers essentially that's what people wanted to see you right. know like exactly. I, I would watch a whole film of just the Jonas Brothers singing several songs. I think it gets we did. And we did, yeah, the Jonas Brothers 3D concert experience. I, yeah. I, I was going to say, <laughs> they do a 3 concert experience. So. Although it is stylistically different and although the shot is very much like a music video, so it really does stand out, I do think it gets away with it because it's justified, really, in terms of plot, in that if they're the judges and it's all about them, we do actually need to see them show why they're good. We do need yeah. to see them do a song. Maybe it would have worked better if they'd done a song at the end, so it's like, the, you know this is the payoff it's like all oh, these people who've been following through the movie this is how good they are putting it right in the middle is a bit odd in terms of pacing I think having it at the end would but, just take it away take away from the rest of the film though because then it just becomes about the Jonas Brothers at the end it doesn't become about I kind of liked it where Mitchie, it was and, and I just I, I, I thought the pacing was a bit off I thought it was a bit weird to put a big set piece song with characters who aren't really involved in the plot right there in the middle of the movie I thought mm. it was a little bit strange but it was quite a good song. It was exactly, exactly like sort of late era, not late era, I don't know if I'm late era, they're only around for two albums, but like second album busted. It was exactly like that. It sounds yeah. a lot like something like Crash the Wedding or She Wants mm. to Be Me or something like that. 
Um, yeah, it felt good. like the um, the dying embers of a sound that like died out in terms of the mainstream anyway, like properly died out around this point. Where I just feel like, like I was saying before the movie, and I feel like I was right that I just don't. If you just sold it the way that this was marketed, I, I feel like that kind of stuff it went out of fashion. Like it really came into fashion, like the pop punky stuff and like the pop rocky stuff. It really, really came into fashion and was stratospherically popular around the turn of the millennium like with Blink 182 and then it kind of got softened out a little bit and Blink 182 kind of matured and did some other stuff and then they split up um, a couple of years before this movie even came out and I th- it's, and then... it's interesting to me that this is a real tangent but it is interesting to me that considering all of us like grew up in this era and like kind of describe like the intricacies of what was going on in music at that time and stuff I really just can't put my finger on why it faded I just don't know why it went away maybe it's just because our generation was growing up and the next generation came in and we all kind of became adults I think there was a very subtle transition away from I think streaming has had a lot to do with it but it was kind of happening before then I feel like rock got softened out a little bit in Around, I think Viva La Vida by Coldplay is a really big turning point because they were still a rock band, but they came out with what has... Viva La Vida has formed the backbone of so much pop music. And I also think yeah. a lot of pop rock bands at the time... like that, If you think about the biggest pop rock bands internationally, not just in the UK, but like internationally across UK, US, Brazil, Australia, Russia, wherever... Um, if you think about Coldplay, The Killers, Maroon 5, they all dropped the rock suffix Yeah, and I just wonder what was actually propelling that. Pop. Like, who, who sort of put their gun down first? It's just weird. It's just, I don't mm. know, I'm not looking for an actual answer because we could spend a whole podcast talking about just that, mm. to be honest. It's very strange why it faded, but you are right that this is such a product of its time and it was so popular. I feel like the standards of what rock was supposed to sound like and what it was supposed to be changed a lot between sort of like 2007 and 2010 because around this point you had kings of leon doing soft stadium rock like with you somebody which i've never really liked and then you sort of had a couple of years after that you had coldplay coming through with uh after the viva la vida they came through with paradise and then the killers came through with human and they're not rock songs. They are they're pop songs by formerly rock bands. And Maroon Five did the same thing, where they moved away from stuff. I mean, Maroon Five were never like a rock band. They were always a, exclusively like a pop rock band. But they moved away from doing stuff like "If I Never See Your Face Again" straight through to doing stuff like "Payphone." But I, again, very I quickly. just don't know what actually propelled that to happen. They all the just market, did it at the same time. I think the market just. I think. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, pop music changed forever in the opening five seconds of just down spell Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's the moment. That you hear that. Well. You, those opening four or five notes, the... That is the next 15 years of pop music straight away there. So I feel like there is the general softening of rock bands anyway, and rock bands not really breaking through to replace the ones, that the, the old guard who had softened and become pop groups and so eventually that kind of homogenizes and by the time it's time for streaming odd trends coming in just mm. doesn't it doesn't happen anymore because you have to 
be a particular type to get to the top of a playlist. Which is why I think looking back at a movie like Camp Rock, it feels like... It do, this doesn't feel like the most MySpace movie ever. But this is like very young kids on MySpace. Kind of, this feels like a very innocent MySpace movie where like all of these kids have definitely got a MySpace profile, I think. In a nice way, and they've all got like their top eight friends and... You know, but they've like got the fringes and the hair. I never had a MySpace profile. You were Neither. just a shade too young. I think I was just I, a I, shade I only past it. Yeah. I only had it for about two years before I moved onto Facebook. But for those two years, I was like obsessed with it. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the music that, like you say, My Chemical Romance and stuff like that, was really popular on MySpace. And then when MySpace died, that scene kind of went with it as well. Because um, that was where you found a lot of it, a lot of the emo, pop punky stuff that was huge on MySpace. And then, like I say, when that went, that scene kind of went with it and came this new wave want um, in its place. Um, but it does, it makes looking back, I mean, it, I suppose that means explains why I was kind of disappointed that I was expecting the whole soundtrack to be like that. Like this kind of, like, like you say, Avril Lavigne, Kelly Clarkson... Very it's still early a Disney Kate Channel Harry. movie. It's still a Disney Channel movie. Yeah, I was just surprised by how much of it was... I mean, I was worried that they would do the whole rock is authentic and pop is just so not. You know, like, have you have you seen the new version of A Star Is Born by yeah. the Cooper Lady Gaga? Where, like, it kind of implies that acoustic rock is the true heart and soul of music, but God forbid if you go and make pop music, mm. you sell out, you shill, you corporate... Not, and it just I, I, that's the one big aspect of that movie I don't like because I quite like that new version of it um, but implying that you're lacking authenticity if you don't have an, don't have a guitar and I was worried that it was going to do that but it kind of strayed away from that actually because it celebrated R&B as much as it celebrated all the rock stuff I thought it was framed in a way because I before when I was listening to the soundtrack and I said to you Nor like are they going to make the antagonist sing all the R&B pop songs and have that be like, oh, don't be like that. Be like me, Shane Gray, who has a guitar and really cares about the world and it has, like, you know, a special kinship with butterflies and, lady, and like, ladybirds. And and I was worried they were going to do that, but I'm, I liked the fact that they didn't do that. They kind of celebrated as many cultures and styles of music as they could get into a camp about a bunch of American kids. Yeah. Um... So I was I was pleased about that. Um, it just I wanted a bit more of that kind of style of music that Peggy and Demi Lovato and Shane Gray were doing. But not I'm not going to hold it against the film that it didn't have that. It's just personally I was expecting more because of the way that the movie is is marketed and or has been shown to me. Yeah, fair enough. I was going to ask Andy about because you you had a little you even mentioned it to us that you were trying to come up with a rebel hmms yes for this <laughs> well I was originally going to ask about uh, yeah because the main thing of the movie is camps summer camps I was going to ask have any of us been to summer camps but really that's kind of an American thing isn't it um, no you said you have been to one haven't you but it's not really same not the same. I went to like a re- religious one. one yeah but there is another question raised by this which I. Th- think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when we did Cheetah Girls, I asked about what's everyone's favourite girl band, because Jonas Brothers in this one, 
Who's everyone's... I think we can define them as a boy band. Who's everyone's favourite boy band? I would say the line of boy band goes up to, like, again, like, McFly and Busters before you become, like, a band. I think that's, like, the limit of boy band. Everything sort of poppier than that. Favourite boy band now or, like, when we were kids? Both. Like, who who do you really like... Who did you love as a kid and who, looking back, do you actually think I actually really genuinely got good? I was obsessed with Busted when I was a kid. I was obsessed with Busted when I was a kid. I was more of a McFly person. Yeah, a bit younger, so yeah. no, they see, came just I actually see now, mm. I, I, these days now, I prefer McFly, because I, I think, think McFly, McFly music is better I think now, they've yeah. got some genuinely, really, really well-written songs. I think All About You is a modern classic. Oh, I love it. I think this, when you look at how that song is written, then, like, honestly, that song is kind of perfect. And I, I honestly think, as well, as much as I love Busted at the time, and, like, I think, you know, Year 3000 is a great song, and still, now, I still, you know, I quite like Year 3000, but... Tom Fletcher was involved in the writing of that, but I don't think any of the members of Busted could write a song that I like as much now that's as restrained and sensible and very, not complex, but more mature. Really like Room on the Third Floor. I've always been a really mm, big fan yeah. of Room on the Third Floor. I've uh, And uh, the thing is as well, the first three singles by McFly were all very diverse in style. Because you had Five Colours in Her Hair, oh, yeah. which was their first big single, which is like, it's pop, but it's it's got elements of surf rock in yeah. it. Because it's got Peach the... And then you have Obviously, which is That's sort of like your more melodic, and it's got uh, quite string elements to it as well. And it's got a bit of a... Um, uh, strangely it's got a really really uh, I'm not saying it's as good or anything like that but it's got a strangely very early Beatles Mersey Beat style in, just in the acoustic guitar and in the fact that it's quite in and out very short snappy verse chorus structures and then you have Room on the Third Floor which goes for more like of a, an, an American alternative rock mm. style and it's whereas if you look at the first three singles from Busted which were uh, What I Go to School For You Said No and um, Crash the Wedding was second album, uh, Year Three Thousand. Or they're all kind of in the same vein, like oh, we're Blink One Eight Two, but for kids. I mean, Blink One Eight Two were also kind of for kids because they were like deliberately juvenile, but they were for more sixteen to eighteen year olds who could joke about sex and poo, and <laughs> like yeah, they have a song called Dysentery Gary, and they have lines like they have lines about like sex and. Whereas Busted couldn't really get away with that because yeah. their market was about five years younger. So I, I think there was more to McFly. But at the time, I was obsessed, properly obsessed with Busted. I saw them twice. I never saw them live, um, but they were like my first musical love when yeah. I was a kid. They were the gateway. I th- the thing is, I, I feel like a lot of people follow the path that I did, which is that because there wasn't really any kind of band of that kind of kind before Busted and like it got kids of our generation into rock I see it's not really rock music but it got us into rock music and then I think it directly paved the way for American Idiot which came out a year later yeah which because rock music was accessible to us now that's and American really Idiot that. was that's, quite accessible as that's well that's quite strange because Green Day were obviously also a huge influence on Busted because obviously like uh, the well, band well not really because Busted split up I think before American Idiot came out but Green Day were huge in the 90s like they had like Basket Case and their album Dookie was quite big but and then it was kind of like the reverse of that was sort of like they influenced Busted and then the impact that Busted had in this U- in the UK meant that a song like American Idiot could sell yeah. and make a lot of money 
Um, it, it did seem like but, there was kind of a rock explosion that was going to happen in the noughties anyway, but Busted kind of got in there first. Yeah. But it's, well, okay, so we've talked about that kind of boy band, but what about like actual boy See, bands? I, but, but the thing is, <laughs> all bo- actual boy bands were like before Busted and McFly. Mm-hmm. What, so a lot of them just like, I was too young to care about, like Boyzone. And... Well, there was boy, yeah, Boyzone, Westlife, NSYNC, boys Backstreet to Boys, Take That, Boys to Men, Take A1. That. <laughs> A one, I was the first band I ever saw. One Direction, though. There's One Direction. Not the JLS. JLS. Yeah, JLS. I never liked JLS. Oh my god. Well, there are a couple of really cringy songs that we absolutely love from JLS. JLS have this weird habit. One of them, One Shot. No, no. JLS has a odd habit of adapting very old archaic songs and turn uh, them into club anthems the, the, the club is alive the sound is <laughs> they take the sound of music and they also talk Silent do you feel what I feel do you feel what I feel turn it into do you hear what I hear and made that like a club song and what it was, was it? Like, on a side point the sound of music for some reason is this weirdly fertile ground that gets adapted all the time like Gwen Stefani doing Lonely Go and then again, her, one of her most famous songs, uh, "Rich Girl," that's from Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, my mum took great pleasure in telling me that when that was out as a single, this is from Fiddler on the Roof. If I were a rich man, <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> you know, J- JLS are firmly bad territory for me. Like they're kind of like laughable. JLS. JLS. Oh, I suppose like some more recent examples would also be like the Wanted. Oh, they were my babes. My mom, <laughs> the biggest <laughs> fan of The Wanted. My mom used to stay up until like two in the morning watching clips of The Wanted's gigs on YouTube. She was like mad for them. She was like a teenage girl in Pe- Beatlemania. She they did like all time loans. That was the first they? album I ever bought. And my sister went with her. To, she's going to hate me for saying this, yeah. but my sister went with her to actually see The Wanted eventually. And my parents mom Jealous. was just like, her legs were buckling. She was just like... <laughs> she absolutely adored them. I... Um, Used to love. You got all American rejects now as well, though. That's They're not really a boy band, are they? Not. I used to love I Want It That Way, and I particularly used to love Everybody by Backstreet Boys. <laughs> one Direction. Yeah, and I do think One Direction, loath to admit, do have some very good songs, actually. And um, um, particularly the, Kiss You, I've always thought. And the One song. Direction sort of copycats Five Seconds of Summer. The Vamps. The Vamps as well. The Vamps, yeah. You quite like that guy from The Vamps, don't you? The guitarist on Amazon 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 Yeah. <laughs> Who do you like though? Oh, you said NSYNC. NSYNC. The and Jonas Brothers, obviously. Obviously. Uh, the Wanted. Yeah. JLS. Yeah. I did like One Direction yeah. initially, but they kind of I lost touch with them. Sort of second album. They became too popular. Yeah. They became the band that people <laughs> Too mainstream. To exactly. <laughs> I have to say, I think the best... the One of the... I mean, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I think that... The best thing to come out of um, One Direction getting famous is this weird turn that Harry Styles has taken. As, He's like, great. I really like artist. both his albums. Well, I really yeah, like yeah. both. Yeah. Uh, Does it, is part of being a serious artist just like writing songs that make no sense? Yeah, yeah. in a way. <laughs> you can make him sound all arty. Um, but yeah, boy groups, I think Busted were the only one I was ever properly into because when by the time Busted was split up, it was like, Busted, when, when you were a kid, like when I was a kid, I, I mean, we're briefly changing tack here because I was into Spice Girls and Bewitched oh Bewitched were solid yeah, um, yeah I mean so to be fair I was largely when I was like into four girl, years old <laughs> largely into girl groups or mixed groups rather than boy bands for some reason yeah, yeah. S Club 7 I was into I S Club massive for S Club and yeah. I was more than massive for Spice Girls like absolutely adult and the thing is I think the Spice Girls stuff has survived a lot like in terms of actual quality and how much I still listen to them now 
have survived a lot better than a lot of the boy band stuff of the time. I think the boy band Girls stuff... Girls Aloud, too. The boy band stuff tends to be a little bit more trashy and yeah. kind of throwaway, whereas I think girl band stuff is a little bit more... I don't know why that is, but a little bit more inventive. Mm. Like... Well, with the there are some girl bands like, for example, Pussycat Dolls were very much of their time, and I think are genuinely quite trashy. And yeah. not them, not the women themselves, are just the music is yeah, like, yeah. not for me. Like it's a bit, ugh, to be honest. Um, Jake's pulling the face because he absolutely loves Buttons by Pussycat Dolls, uh, and he quite likes Jai Ho as well, which I thought was um, cultural imperialism in one song. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's funny, you know, we were talking about um, awakenings in movies and TV and stuff like that. You're going to talk about the, the buttons video of Pussycat Dolls yeah, was yeah. one that I was always I'm very well excited to have turn up on the television <laughs> when I used to have watched music channels. <laughs> I was what twelve when that came out, and that was a moment where I was like, ah. That's what that feels that like. That video also <laughs> confused me as a guy who was starting to like guys, and I was like, "Hold on a minute, this is a nice video." What's yeah, going on? I, I know. I had I had like a sort a series of kind of anti awakenings, if it, if you like, where I realized I, I didn't realize I was gay, but I realized I might not be straight. Because <laughs> when videos like that came out, there was the, one of the big ones was "Call on Me" with all the women exercising oh, in the gym. Jesus, yeah. And there was also do you remember a song called "Satisfaction"? Push me and then just touch me. Yeah, Benny Benassi. Just, yeah. just a woman with a power drill and it's just like her tits just covering the whole shot and people would always talk about them at school and Do you know what like, I mean? but I mean it, I'm trying to think there was never a boy band who I truly like loved to be honest other than Busted other than Busted and yeah, with, with Fly these days I think it's genuinely good take that or an odd one because they were I would not consider them a, a boy band when they had the comeback they were no yeah, they were uh, it was when they did like yeah. Relight but even as, much as, as much as they're all they're all profoundly dull people um, yeah I think they're all kind of like Quite talented, you know, actually, solid, yeah. solid kind of. Gary Bell is an incredible normal guy. Yeah. So you could have a conversation with about the weather, and then they'd order some plain mash, and then that would be a really exciting Sunday for them. Though, <laughs> like they're just kind of incredibly dull people. They have they but have a roast dinner every Sunday. Gary Barlow is a songwriter that is just beyond compare. I think I've, I said this to you about well, Jake and loads of times that he has this talent for writing bridges that I think yeah. he's the greatest man in the world at writing bridges. The stars are coming out tonight. It's just, he takes a song that's already good and makes it like, <laughs> gives it something yeah, special. Yeah, because a big problem in music generally, I think in pop music especially, is that artists don't always know what to do with the third verse before the final chorus. They don't know what to do with verses in general. I really yeah. <laughs> but, but a lot of the time, the verses knows. are kind of talking until you get to the chorus, which yeah. I really don't like. Um, but yeah, no, I I think Take That were probably a boy band in their first iteration, but then when they came back, they sort of, they all sort of dressed in, I mean, remember Reach Out was the album, wasn't it? And like, they all dressed in suits and they went for a walk yeah. in the desert. Yeah, well, they, they, had that, they, were men they had the music video for Patience, which was them walking around Cliff solemnly. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> because they're just walking and walking with all the gear, it looks like they're trying to like, get to a gig and they can't find it. <laughs> And then you have the shine job. video. Never mind the buzzcocks where they're commentating on it and someone's doing Mark Owens, but it's like, where's the gig? Can't find it. <laughs> and you we shouldn't have just the sat now. <laughs> and then, and then you have the, like, yeah. just one more walk, Gary, I'll be nearly there. <laughs> and then they followed that up with the video for Shine, which is like, I don't know, something that... The it, official it, Morrison song. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like they're, they're on like some sort of cabaret stage or something. Yeah, and it's like an endless staircase that stretches out into space, and they've got all these female dancers with like desk fans all in their hands and like, genuinely, um, all, 
an awful song that is truly catchy, Sean. I think. <laughs> I think it's, it's quite it's, good. It, it's like... It's the most like basic bitch song ever, but you kind of can't help but like. It's it. not patience though. It really isn't patience. I don't think. But I remember when they did first come back. Having I was I well I am too young to have remembered take that before they came back. But when they came back, everyone was like, "Oh, they won't be as good as they were in the old days." And now I feel like they've completely eclipsed whatever they did. Oh my god! Yeah, people yeah, yeah. remember that now because of the songs that they've done. They're now far bigger now than they ever ever were in the nineties. I listened to some old Tate art stuff and I'm like, "Is this the same band? This is pretty shit." People forget that at the <laughs> yeah. time in the early nineties, they had a really fierce rivalry with East. 17 and in fact i think in the 90s e17 outsold them did actually sell my records and take that did well but now Jesus. who does anything about e17 apart from that time brian harvey ran over himself because he got out of his own car <laughs> chased after <laughs> he, a baked potato he'd had too many baked <laughs> potatoes <laughs> he said i'll never be a potato again <laughs> he said he's in it was like he'd eaten too many baked potatoes and he went out of his car to throw up while it was while he was driving out of his garage and he ran over his own foot and it's like yeah Potatoes. <laughs> you tell that it's like, oh Jesus. And what, what about Westlife? Because I hate Westlife, and I always hated them. Westlife, hate them. No. Westlife hate them. are crap. They, they are shit. like old yeah. woman band. Yeah. They are. No, they do shit songs with shit key changes. I don't like them. <laughs> just, I, I've never liked them. They're just like everybody knows what they do at the end of the songs because it's so calculated. And so they're like they're what happens when you put the idea of what pop music should probably maybe sound like through an adult contemporary machine. And I've I've never never got on with Westlife. Just very very. I think so Westlife is they like, were so reliant on stools and then only stand at the very end. And then up like for the key change. Everybody like, knows what they, they do. Just always in their stools. I, no, I think Westlife is what you would get if you three D printed a boy band from a Wikipedia entry. Yeah. yeah. That's much. yeah, but it did feel algorithmic and no, they're not natural. I don't like any of them. And on that bombshell, should we end this section? Of yeah, the I was going to say we're going to mention Boyzone, who I think are only really notable for creating, I think, scientifically the most boring man to have ever lived, who is Ronan Keating. <laughs> who I don't think any any of the four of us can find anything to say about. That was a good rebel. Yeah, that was yeah. Classic. That was a long. Yeah. <laughs> so, are we grading then? Yeah, let's get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Wrap this up, yeah. no? I'm all good. Um, well, I'll get mine out of the way. You all know my thoughts, so I'm just going right down the middle with a five. I think that's really hard. Five! That's a bit hard. This was actually pretty good. Um, I don't think it was amazing. I think, like like I say, it needed more humour. Some of the characters were a little bit weak, and I think it never quite hits the highs that it could. Uh, it's kind of less than the sum of its parts because it's got a lot of good stuff in there but it just I don't know just a kind of mixing ingredient that's not there and I think it's probably a bit of humour um, I'm going to give it a 7 because I did enjoy it I can see myself watching it again and it does definitely get a thumbs up which means I have to give it away over 5 it gets a really definite thumbs up for me not just because of the shapely form of Joe Jonas but I can't say that it hurt shapely yeah <laughs> Sophie Turner is a very lucky woman. She is. I think that's she what is. we've all agreed on. And he's very a lucky jealous. guy as well. This is good. It's not like amazing. It's not great. Well, I wouldn't even say it's great, but it's decent. I enjoyed watching it. I didn't get bored. The music was okay. Um, 6.5. It loses half a point because the omelette doesn't get eaten at the beginning. That <laughs> did bother me. Yeah. That did bother me. That omelette. That, she says tastes amazing. More food she hasn't waste. even taken a bite. Yeah. <laughs> hasn't even taken a bite of that omelette. And she says it's amazing. How does she know? 
Just, well, she's just nice. And she that, knows it's yeah, That moment, nice. that moment ruined the rest of the film. <laughs> the whole film. <laughs> it, it ruined the illusion of eating at a dinner table, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to your horses. I'm going to talk for ten minutes. <laughs> Why that moment ruined the you rest of the film? What I'm going to do when I get home, I'm going to watch Lady Birds and I'm going to find one moment where something's unrealistic and I'm going to talk about it for an hour. <laughs> you know what? Whatever they do. <laughs> 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 so Noah, what's your final thoughts? I mean, I love this film. I've always loved this Go film. On. What? <laughs> what on. do you want? You're gonna give it a double digit score. No, it's it's up there, but it's not as good as High School Musical two, which I gave a ten last week. So it's a nine. Okay. Oh, I was a little lower than I was expecting. What could have given it a ten? Do you think? What could have pushed it? Um. Well, George Eating Jones the fucking drugs off. <laughs> Jojo is topless throughout. Would have been great. <laughs> Constantly swimming. <laughs> Only swimming. Wet. Yeah. That's even, the song. Even when they're playing the song, That's he's got his guitar. Yeah. Yeah. A wet Jojo. He should have just been ninety minutes of watching Jojo on his workout in the gym. <laughs> Gotta find you. We would have fallen you. No, I think it's it's a good film. It's um. It's a good are, film. You gave it a nine. It's a great it film. <laughs> No, I mean it's the storyline's fine. I, I mean I'm, I'm giving it a nine out of nostalgia, and I think it, I wouldn't give it a ten just because it's it's just not as good as High School Musical two. It's just not as fun. It's not Plus, as to balance out my bullshit rating, so yeah, I've got to up yeah. up the rankings after Rob gave it a five. Well, I'm that bombshell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right then. We'll see you next week. <laughs>